Today we talk about how to help the environment here on the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. more about what we are doing at Northern Lights Pulse, you can find us at www.nlpulse.com. There you will find YouTube videos, articles, blog posts, and podcasts about the issues that you are facing on a daily basis. You can also let us know the content that you want to see by going to the Your Input page of the website or by emailing us at info at nlpulse.com. You can find us on social media. We are at nlpulse on Facebook at NL underscore Pulse on Twitter, and at Northern Lights Pulse on Instagram. This podcast is brought to you in part by support from Sanford Health, who are dedicated to the work of health and healing. Welcome to the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. Here at NL Pulse, our mission is to help teens and young adults understand themselves, others, and the world in which they live. We're your hosts, Peter and Rachel, and we're so glad you're joining us today. And today we're talking about things that we do in our day-to-day life to help create a more sustainable environment for the earth. So yeah. welcome here. Yeah, yeah, no, th- this is great. Uh, I, I want to m- bring up why we're kind of do- talking about this one today. Um, recently, in the last couple of months, we've been doing some informal polling of teenagers in the area. And surprisingly, like, well, not so I shouldn't say surprisingly, not surprisingly, the top, the top things that that are on the on the minds of teens right now are things like depression and anxiety, uh, dealing with stress and self-image. But right up there, along with some of those other things is things like the environment and climate change. So we figured it would be a good good time to address address those issues as well. Yes, definitely. Um, this is something that has always been um, really important to me. I didn't quite get one, but a lot of my course courses in college were stranded around uh, like environmental sustainability. I almost got an environmental sustainability <laughs> minor <laughs> without even trying. Um, because it's always been a really important topic to me. So I'm super pumped to talk about it. And there are a lot of things that I know um, that I do in my life and a lot of ideas and passions in my life are surrounded around this. So I'm pumped to talk about it. Wonderful. Um, Before we get into your sort of list, I did have one question to start out with because I know that you're passionate about it. Where do you think this passion came from? Um, Definitely growing up on a farm. I think really helped. Um, my so both of my parents come from like several generations of farmers, and the farm that I grew up on is a generational farm. Um, my dad's when it comes to farming, my dad has always been very 
passionate about when you're a farmer, it's your job to be a good steward to the earth. He recycles everything. And not only does he recycle things, sometimes he goes into like the community recycling bins to see if he can find things that he can utilize that he knows aren't going to be recycled properly. Right. Um, and he <laughs> um, like composts and does all of that kind of stuff. So, and my family, we also go camping a lot. Um, so that's kind of where it was born out of. And I've always been a big outdoors person. And I think growing up in North Dakota, we have the unique um, opportunity in that I think we, even even though you and I both live in a city, um, we have the unique have the unique opportunity of growing growing up and living in a place where we're exposed to so much nature all the time. Right. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy going out in into nature. I enjoy one of <clears throat> one of my favorite things to do is go camping. And it's interesting that you bring that brought that up. That this idea of leave no trace. Mm-hmm. you know, in camping, where if you go to a campsite anywhere, you should leave that campsite at least as good as you found it, if not better. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Yep. So let's get into it. Let's let's start yeah. with your with your list. Yeah. So the first thing that I want to talk about is probably the newest aspect to my life of and I'm going to preface this by saying, like, if you're listening to this, don't feel like you have to do the things that I do in my life. <laughs> These are just some of the things that I do in my daily life that um, I feel better about contributing to the world um, as myself. And even if you just throw a can in the recycling bin, that's doing something. So don't feel guilty. I also want to say that we individual peoples, people and family families we can do a lot in terms of taking responsibility for what we do but I would also like to say a lot of the environmental damage and waste is by is caused by huge operations and um, corporations and I personally believe that there needs to be more responsibility on their behalf to move towards green energy that is just my opinion Um, but every little thing helps so that is my preface my epilogue or my prologue not my epilogue to what I'm about to say (laughs) first first is the new um aspect of my life as I mentioned on the podcast before I'm a new mom um and so I knew when I found out that I was going to become a parent there are a lot of ways that raising a baby in the western world and raising a child in the western world where it's a lot of opportunity and a lot of chance to like buy a bunch of stuff. Babies go through like five to 10 diapers a day, depending on the age of them. Um, they grow out of their clothes super quickly. There's a lot, um, food, everything. There's a lot that happens when you have a baby, um, that aren't necessarily quote unquote environmentally friendly. So one thing that I took on as a new mom and everybody thought I was insane, (laughs) (laughs) was that when we are at home, I use cloth diapers um, for my son, Harrison. And at first I thought, this might be kind of gross, but I felt really passionate about it. I did a lot of research. And I will say too, the internet is your best friend, especially Pinterest, when it comes to finding out ways to become more green. There's lots of great articles that you can sift through and 
experiences of other people who are living a similar life experience to you. So that was a really great resource to me. Other areas that I try to be more green as a parent, another one is not just for my son, but for all of us, I try and steer away from plastic and try and use glass, metal, or wood things. So he has glass bottles. He has wooden toys. He does have some plastic toys too, but but most of those are inherited from other family members or bought secondhand. Um, and he, we, like I said, we try not to purchase any plastic things as much as possible. I mean, obviously some things are inevitable, um, but we really try and stay, purchase items for him and ourselves and each other that um, we would feel good about recycling. And we know that that object can be recycled or used by somebody else. Yeah. So that's the first area of my life. Um, second, just recycling in general. And I think something that not a lot of people understand, um, I know my partner thinks like I'm insane (laughs) when I do this, but a lot of times if you purchase something that comes in a plastic container, um, for instance, I have this like soup that I really like from Costco. It comes in a really nice recyclable, um, plastic jar. Um, if I were to just throw that in the recycling unwashed, it would not get recycled mm. or soda cans um, or bean cans or whatever, like any sort of canned foods. It's really important that you at least rinse them out. <laughs> I put a lot of my um, recyclable products um, in the dishwasher before I do. That might be a little extreme for folks. Um, but like I said, it's really hard to um, recycle them if they're dirty. And a lot of times if you throw a dirty item in the recycling bin, it's thrown away. With that too, I would also say, I'm not sure. Do you live in Moorhead, Peter? Yeah, I live in Moorhead. Okay. So I lived in Moorhead when I was in college and they had some very different recycling rules than Fargo currently does. We have single stream recycling where we can just throw all of our recyclable products into our recycling bin. Um, I don't know what the rules are in Moorhead at this time, but wherever you live, look on your city government's website and see what the rules are for your recycling. Um, Because sometimes they won't take um, cardboard boxes. And in an era of two-day shipping on Amazon Prime, we get a lot of of boxes um, to our house, as I'm sure those who are listening do as well. So if you live in the Fargo-Moorhead area specifically, there's lots of recycling centers just around town. So you can also find where those are located too. So that's my bit on recycling. Yeah, Peter? I was going to say that's exactly what I do because Mm -hmm. the apartment complex that I live in right now, at one point we had one of those single bins where you just Mm -hmm. do everything recycling in and they'll deal with it. But they they a while back got rid of that and swapped it out Mm -hmm. with another... um, garbage dumpster so Mm -hmm. I had to go back to finding and and like you said there are locations around the Fargo Moorhead area where they have separate bins for different recycling um um, categories as well Mm -hmm. I I definitely use that as often as I can for sure yeah yeah that's great um anything else on the things that I've said that you want to pipe in on just that well I hadn't thought about the parenting aspect. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not a parent. I'm nowhere near mm-hmm. being a parent. <laughs> and um, so I, I hadn't even really considered the added, I don't want to call them pressures, but the added 
responsibilities in this area mm-hmm. when, when you're a parent. So that that's an mm-hmm. interesting insight into all of this as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of, it's interesting because babies are so small, but you need so many things for them. <laughs> like, um, not even just like toys and stuff, but like cribs, um, diapers, food, all this type of stuff. So yeah, when I first, be, when we were first going down the journey of like finding out we were pregnant and everything like that, that was a really big priority for me. Um, but it's always been a really big priority for me in general. And so that naturally just like clicked into my brain, like, okay, how can we do this in a way where I feel like we are ethically using everything that we need for our son and then giving it back to the world or recycling it properly. So, yeah. Um, I will say too, in terms of like, cause this goes into my next piece, which is thrifting and repurposing one great tool for parents and people in general is, um, Facebook marketplace. Mm, yep. If you're a Facebook user, I sell a ton of stuff on Facebook marketplace. Like every spring when we're, I'm going through our closets. Um, I've also purchased a lot of things through Facebook marketplace for myself or for my son or for our home. Um, I think that's a really great way um, to find things. And a lot of people sell things on Facebook marketplace that are brand new. Yeah. Um, but just in general, like thrifting and repurposing. Um, when I say repurposing too, I mean, like if somebody's selling a desk and you think it's ugly, take time to see what the value of that desk could be if you threw a coat of paint on it or um, did some other did some other creative tricks and stuff to that item um, yep. instead of buying brand new. And especially when we buy new furniture that's quote unquote affordable from like Target or Walmart or something, it's made out of really crappy materials, right. <laughs> both like structurally and environmentally. So that's a really good resource. And I keep bringing up Fargo-Moorhead a lot because that's where we live. But there are a lot of really nice um, thrift stores that have really nice stuff in our area. And even in small towns too. Like I think of um, small towns that I've been in across North Dakota in my life where they've had really neat antique shops or thrift stores that are really fairly priced. So I'd well, say go in that direction. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what, I'll, what I'll add to that too is the, the old adage that they don't make it like they used to. Like you'll, mm-hmm. you'll find a lot of really great stuff furniture wise that's solid. That's it, Things were just built better with better materials mm-hmm. back in the day compared to the way that things are made now, made now where everything is made out of particle board and right. done with who knows what processes were used to make that, that those materials, mm-hmm. you know? So just keeping in mind that you, you get what you pay for too. Right. You know, right. 100%. And with that too, um, I will say when it comes to not just, um, materials like in terms of building I think of materials when it comes to clothing as well um because I don't know I personally try and purchase as many things as I can that I know are made from either 100% or a majority percent cotton one thing that's really unfortunate and annoying is that purchasing um green quote-unquote green clothing or high quality clothing that's made out of um high quality materials and made by 
adults and not children in a foreign country mm-hmm. at making five cents an hour um, is that they're very expensive and they're not always the most size inclusive to every person. Um, a lot of people in their 20s, younger, even people beyond that, um, utilize fast fashion a lot because of its pricing and its um, like inclusiveness when it comes to sizing. But there are some really great options in terms of like finding affordable clothing that's made ethically. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, um, any local examples, but we used to have a a local store in Fargo-Moorhead that was all ethically made stuff and now it's closed. (laughs) Um, But I will try and think of some and send that over to you, Peter, so you can get it in the description. But um, just thinking about that too, and that's one instance where buying thrifted clothing does kind of uh, make up for it. And when I say thrifted clothing or secondhand, it doesn't have to be like a Christmas sweater from 1975. Like it's not, that's not what thrift store clothing is all the time. They're really nice um, consignment stores like Clothes Mentor, um, Plato's Closet, Thread Up, which is a big online thrift store where you can buy things from and sell things to. Poshmark is one that I have utilized before that has like really high quality items um, and even like designer items you can sell or trade. So there are a lot of options when it comes to consignment or secondhand. Mm-hmm. Do you have any notes on that? I was just going to say that if, if this is something that you gen, gen, genuinely care about, it pays to do your research. Mm-hmm. So, so go online, find out those key details about where your products are coming from. If you're thinking about purchasing something, try, try and do your research to see where it comes from. Like I, I, I was doing a project in, well, I was doing a potential project in school a couple of years ago where we were going to go through the process of, of taking like a regular cotton t-shirt. Where do those materials come from? where are things made, what is used in order to make that t-shirt. And it's like dozens of gallons of water per t-shirt being used to, to make it, you know, to make a t-shirt, different things like that. So it just, like I said, if it's something you generally, genuinely care about, do your research on a thing that Mm -hmm. you're going to buy before you buy it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, Yeah. The next thing I will say is a big one, a really, really big one is trying to eat local foods Mm. if you can. And I don't necessarily just mean like eating something that came out of the ground in your, within 150 mile radius, but even just supporting local businesses um, and supporting local vendors when it comes to the foods that you eat. Um, It had to travel less far typically to get to you. And um, usually there's a level of care that goes into preparing foods at local establishments that doesn't necessarily always go into care of like national chains. Right. Nothing against them, but it is important to not only the environmental sustainability of your community, but um, the financial sustainability and economic. Um, One of the things that I love, and I think even smaller communities across the state of North Dakota are embracing them more, but I love going to the farmer's market every Saturday. Um, And that kind of goes into um, 
parenting as well, it was a really big priority for me to to make my own baby food. Now my son is old enough where he can eat like regular table food. I still try and keep it as local and organic as possible. Um, but I, when I first was starting out giving him food, like purees and stuff, I brought the produce, fruits and vegetables from the farmer's market. Um, and we have a few different farmer's markets in Fargo. Um, there's one at West Fargo, there's one um, at West Acres, and there's one our downtown Red River Market as well. And if you are in Fargo-Moorhead, there is actually a um, farmer's market that's coming up next Saturday, February 5th. So I think it's at, I think it's at West Acres, but if you're listening to this and it's not, just look it up. It'll show you where it is. Um, but all that to say, that's super important. And like I said, usually if it's from a local person, they put a lot of care and um, give a lot of attention to the things that they're doing. And they do that type of stuff because they love it. Um, and they're not a huge corporation, which there's nothing wrong with those, but support your local business owner. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I enjoy that. The one downtown in Fargo, I, I, I I'm not much of a cook myself. Like I, I generally mm-hmm. buy simple things to make. I, I, mm-hmm. I haven't dabbled in the art of chefery, I'll call it, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do enjoy the occasional farmer's market, just going, wandering around, interacting with the people there buying those products and, and, and supporting these, these local uh, businesses. It's, it's, it's a fun experience and it's helping out a lot of people by doing it too. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's yeah. It's so awesome. Um, and then finally going into my last point, unless I think of anything else randomly as I continue to speak with Peter, um, I personally take it upon myself to try and have at least one plant-based meal a day Mm. out of the three meals of the day. I usually am a skip breakfast person or I just have coffee. Um, But I don't think eating plant-based, it's definitely not as hard as it was 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. Um, And I think when people hear like, I don't think people realize how easy it is to eat plant-based and how tasty it is and how it doesn't have to be just like a salad. You know, like there are hundreds of thousands of recipes and soups and things that you probably are already eating in your life um, that are considered to be a plant-based meal. Um, I grew up on a cattle farm. I love animals. I love cows. I love eating cows. I love eating pork and chicken and every type of meat. Um, But it is a little bit better for our environment if we try and cut back on those meats so that we are not mass producing animals just for the sake of eating them. Um, they are living human or not human living beings, um, that also require a lot of time and attention. So really being, um, really considering what you're eating in terms of animal products to make sure that, um, they're also, also ethically sourced. Um, and yeah, and it does cut back on like methane emissions and everything like that too when we choose to eat less meat. But like I said, it's delicious. I love it. I will probably not ever stop eating meat or cheese or eggs or honey. Um, but just really being cognizant of how much I'm intaking and really also taking advantage of all of the plant-based proteins and really healthy stuff on that side of the food pyramid as well. Um, a lot, Some foods that have a lot of protein that are plant-based are 
foods like tofu, um, which I think, again, 10, 15, 20 years ago, people thought was really weird, but it's really delicious. I'm not the best at making it myself, but they do a really good job at my favorite Thai and Indian restaurants making it. Um, so I'll choose options like that. Uh, lentils, also really great. That's a little bit easier to cook with. Chickpeas, um, any type of bean. Um, and then there's also obviously like pea-based or different based proteins that you can purchase um, from a store as well that you can incorporate into smoothies or soups or um, anything you want. So like I said, it's a lot easier now to take those steps because there's so much more accessibility. And there's also, if you're not a cook, there are a lot of really great meal plans and programs like Blue Apron or um, what's the other one? Well, you know what I mean? Like those yeah. box things where you can choose like vegan or vegetable options or like once a week have that or whatever. So there's a lot of great opportunities to um, incorporate that type of stuff into your daily life. And you probably already are and you just don't even realize it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the things that I do. I'm sure that there are other things <laughs> that I can't think of right now. Um, but yeah, Peter, anything else that you wanted to include or chat about some of the things that you do in your everyday life? You uh, can, yeah, you can't see it because this isn't a, uh, this isn't a video podcast, but I'm holding up my water bottle right now. Yes. Um, no, Me there too. we go. There's your water bottle too. It, it, it I, I know that it seems like a simple one, but it's one of the most obvious things that you can do to reduce plastic usage is to just refill your water bottle in the tap. Mm -hmm. If you need to get a water purifier, that's fine, but at least you're not. And, it, and it's funny that I say that right now, because right next to my water bottle is also sitting a diet Pepsi in a bottle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so but you couldn't make that. But I, mean, I could, could, right, right. Well, and one could argue that no one needs to put things like Diet Pepsi into their bodies anyway. Um, everybody has a thing. Everybody every, has a every, thing. Yes. Um, the other one that I can think of off the top of my head is I try to remember as often as possible. Actually, I just went grocery shopping today. That it's worth the investment to buy to spend the couple of bucks to get. Um, reusable grocery bags mm -hmm. so you're not continually using plastic the, the plastic grocery bags right that just end up taking space i mean there are recycling programs for those bags but how often do people actually bring their grocery right. bags back to the stores and have them recycled and what's that recycling process like to how do they right. how do they go about what they do again a lot of this is research-based like mm -hmm. figure out figure out the supply chains and figure out exactly what you're purchasing of products and using of products, how, how that extends back and, and where things are being used along those lines. Mm -hmm. But those are the two other ones that really stuck out to me was use water bottles and try to cut back on using plastic bags at grocery stores as much as you can. Right. Yeah, that's a really good one too. And I will say when you brought up the recycling program, I know for a fact that, um, and you know what, also at the same time, grocery bags, like plastic grocery bags, sometimes they are really good for 
certain things. Like, um, for instance, I, if I have any leftover, that's what I bring on a dog, a walk with my dog for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. I won't get into why you right. can figure no, that, that out makes sense. <laughs> or like things like that. Um, or if you like have dirty clothes or something like they are super handy at some times, but if you're like most people listener that has like a thousand unused grocery bags sitting under your sink or wherever you store them you can bring them to grocery stores like Hornbachers and Fargo Moorhead and they do have recycling bins for them right in the entrance of the store absolutely don't know what that I don't know what that looks like in terms of what they do with them but they do have that yep yep so I just wanted to bring that one up too so Mm -hmm. that's a good one yeah all of this in in the hopes that we are more mindful as human beings living on the same planet and we have to mm-hmm. share it and we have to give it to the next generation. You're, you're more aware of that now than, than I am about what we're leaving to the next generation mm-hmm. because you have a next generation mm-hmm. in your yeah. family now. So it's very important. It's even more important probably now than it was before. It already Absolutely. was, but now it's like, what am I leaving to future generations? Mm-hmm. Which brings me to one of my quotes that I found. I was going to wait until the very end, but um, Wendell Berry said, the earth is what we all have in common. Yep. We all have to share this planet. We might as well not ruin it in the process. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I like that. Did you have any final? I do have a couple other quotes to go along with this too. Um, I guess my final, I don't have like a specific thought of the day for today, but, um, my final thing is just, you know, try your best. Like we said, there are time, there are instances where you can't get around using a single use plastic or you have to do something here and there. And you also don't have to like yell at people for like, not, <laughs> I mean, for using a single use plastic or flying on a plane or things like that. You know what I mean? But I think everybody can do little steps and take little steps to um, try and be more environmentally friendly in their life. And every little thing helps. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, I I don't remember the specifics of the entire parable story, but um, the the little girl that that's on the beach and she keeps throwing Mm -hmm. starfish into the ocean and then someone comes up to her and asks, why do you keep doing that when you're not going to save them all? Yeah, but I can save that one. Mm-hmm. you know and that one that we're talking about just happens to be the earth right now right right the little steps if, if everyone did the little steps then we would make the earth a better place which brings me to my next quote i'm yes. not i'm not even i'm not even intentionally making these segues but they just keep popping up it's fantastic I couldn't find the person who first said this quote, but I thought it was Mm -hmm. one that really applied for today. It goes, I don't want to protect the environment. I want to create a world where the environment doesn't need protecting. Mm, I like that. So it's, it, it isn't just about doing all of these things. It's about changing the mindset that people have. So they're doing these things automatically without needing justification for it other than they want to do good for the planet right if, if we can do that 
if we, if we can change the mindset, it isn't even going to be an issue anymore, but things have gotten so streamlined and, and easy to just, it's easy to sort of forget to do some of these things. Sometimes it takes work to care. Yes. It, it, oh, it that's take, a good quote too. Yeah. Did you come up with that one on your own? I came up <laughs> with that one on my own. Yep. That's a good one. It does take work to care. Caring takes work. So, mm-hmm. and then the, the final thought that I have for the day comes from Ernest Hemingway. Mm-hmm says the earth is a place worth fighting for yeah not only is it a uh, work but it's also a battle mm-hmm. and we need as many soldiers in the battle to save the planet as we can get so right right do your part as, as, as you as you're able to and we'll be able to see the change that we need in this planet so we can turn around the things that are happening in this planet. I don't, I don't want to see the polar bears and the penguins lose their, lose their environments, their, Mm -hmm. their homes. Um, Mm -hmm. And that goes, I was, I I don't know if I was necessarily going to mention this, but if you're concerned about climate change on a grander scale and, and trying to make, policy changes, you can always contact your local state and and national um, representatives, write to them, find their information on the internet, write to them, let them know your thoughts, see if there's something. Sometimes people think that doing that doesn't amount to anything, but real change has happened by voices being shared with Mm -hmm. people in power. Mm-hmm. It, it does work right especially at the local level especially um, at the local definitely level. At, definitely at the national level too but like it all starts with being active and voicing your opinion at the local level because that's where real change is effectively made yeah sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to make change at the t- very top you, you, you have to have grassroots mm-hmm. level level change that spreads in like a wildfire and, right. and, and grows and gains momentum. Momentum is a huge part of this as well. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you can start something small that can grow into something bigger, they'll recognize it at a national level and change can also take place that way as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's all I have for today. Thanks for sharing all your thoughts and your great quotes, Peter. Oh yeah, no problem. I, I, I always try to have a few of them for, for each podcast. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, with that, um, my name is Peter. And I'm Rachel. And this has been the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time.